Good morning. It's great to be here. So excited. Uh, I have the privilege of, of sharing today's scripture uh, this morning. It comes from Matthew chapter 13, verses 1 through 9, and then we're going to skip to verse 18 through 21. Um, please follow along in your own Bibles, or the text is presented on the screen above. Uh, I'll be reading in the NIV, the New International Version, this morning. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat in it, while all the people stood on the shore. Then he told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seeds fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Whoever has ears, let them hear. Picking up at verse 18, it says, Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed sown along the path. The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word at once and receives it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. This is the word of the Lord. My name is Sharon. I'm one of the pastors here at Pine Lake Covenant. So privileged to fill out what Pastor Nancy has started with this in this story. For those of you uh, part of Pine Lake Covenant, do you know that Pastor Mark, our lead pastor, is on sabbatical for a time? His own simple seven, so to speak. And you, in the next seven weeks, are going to hear seven different voices sharing God's word with you. So I encourage you to be part of this and listen well. You know, we are caught up into a story. As the kids sat up here and heard the story Nancy told, illustrations and all, we're pulled into it, aren't we? We want to hear a story. But it has to do with more than just hearing. You heard Pastor Mark read the text for you this morning and a visual display, but I wonder how much actually gets through. We hear it in our ears. You know, this morning, a very apropos example is that you hear me because I'm using a microphone. And our wonderful sound tech back there, thank you, every week, week after week, they make something happen so that a voice can be heard in this whole room. But just because you can hear my voice and it goes into your ear canal and it registers doesn't mean that the message is getting through. We're going to be talking about this in this parable today. It reminds me of the... uh, Getting a hearing test. How many of you ever had one of these? Kids, have you ever had one of these? Where you had to go in a special soundproof room and you put on the little headphones and either you had a little button or you had to raise your hand when you heard a sound. And so they were going to measure, measure how loud and soft the frequency of sounds you can hear um, or the decibels and the frequency, how the tone of the sound. So they're measuring to see how well is your hearing? How well do you hear? 
But you and I know that just because you might get excellent results on your hearing test doesn't mean you really know how to listen really well. And so today we're going to invite the Holy Spirit to help us listen well to the story that Jesus is teaching us this morning. I invite you to pray with me. Lord, we thank you for the gift of your word that's been transmitted to us over the centuries. And that now we hear it again this morning, and maybe we've heard it before. So we invite your Holy Spirit to take what is spoken and what is received and make it grow. Because only you can do that, God. We invite you to be here in Jesus' name. Amen. So here we are on our series called The Kingdom. I just want you to look at that again. We're going to be talking in the next seven weeks about seven different parables, seven different stories that Jesus told to describe what God's kingdom is like. They're all, every text we're going to be using this summer is in Matthew chapter 13. So if you want to dig into the scripture, read Matthew 13. Read it over and over. Be part of what's happening. Listen well to what's happening. Messages are going to come through these different parables to help us understand what is God's kingdom like? Kingdom, what does it even mean to have a kingdom? Jesus talked about the kingdom all the time. And so when we teach about the kingdom now, we're just following his model and we're going to use his examples, his stories. Now, Pastor Nancy already told you this about parables. What is a parable? A parable is like a story. A parable is a way to take scenes from real life, scenes that you can readily relate to, and tell you something deeper about it. Here's a definition out of a theologian's book. Maybe helps. A parable is an expanded analogy used to convince and persuade. Now, maybe you say, what's an analogy? I don't even know what that is. Anybody that's uh, in, in high school, senior, you know, gone through high school English? No? Come on. What's an analogy? Anybody? Comparisons. That's the key word. Comparisons. An analogy compares one thing to another so that we can understand the deeper truth by comparing it to something we can hold on to. Um, Clyde Snodgrass said it this way in his book on parables. Jesus' parables are handles. Handles for understanding his teaching on the kingdom. Wasn't it interesting that our kids got a little handling done out here, right? When Pastor Nancy was talking. We need handles too. Because the kingdom of God is so broad, so wide, so deep, that we need handles to explain and understand it better. It's hard to get our minds around the mysteries of our faith. So Jesus used parables. A lot like the prophets in the Old Testament He used parables to tell us something about who God is and what his kingdom is like. And in the passage of Matthew 13, which wasn't read for us today, there's a section of it that Jesus quotes right out of one of those Old Testament prophets, the prophet Isaiah. He's telling us there's something about the way those prophets spoke, and especially how they spoke about things that were maybe coming to challenge people that Jesus used in his message. And so you find this quote right in the middle of the story of the sower and the explanation of the sower. There's a whole passage there that says, why does Jesus even teach in parables? What is it about them? And he quotes this message, this passage from Isaiah chapter 6. 
You will be ever hearing, but never understanding. You will be ever seeing, but never perceiving. For this people's heart has become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears, and they have closed their eyes. That's a pretty dramatic picture. It'd be as if I, if I came up to speak a message and all of you all of a sudden just went, nope, I'm not going to listen. Closed your eyes. No, I'm not going to even watch any of I'm not going to engage in any of this. You know, at first glance with parables, it can seem like they're easy to understand. They are. Enough that a child could grasp, this is the right kind of dirt. That's where we want to plant our seeds. But there's so much more to a parable. So many more layers. And Jesus uses them in this way to challenge our closed ears and our closed eyes. To maybe make us a little uncomfortable. To move past our assumptions. Oh, I get this. I've heard this story before. I know what it's all about. He's encouraging you to listen and hear well. We don't want to be described as ever hearing, but never understanding. How sad that would be. So let's take a look at this simple story of the sower again and find out what it tells us about the kingdom of God. By the way, somebody already saw this this morning. This is the parable of the sower, part one. So you've got to be back next week to hear about part two. It was just too much to put in one sermon, and you're going to hear our new youth pastor, Mark, preach the second part of this sermon next week. Part one today is all we're going to look at. You know, Matthew puts this um, in his gospel at the very beginning of a whole section of places where Jesus is teaching by parables, a whole string of them. And this very parable, the parable of the sower, is found in all of the what we call the synoptic gospels, the ones that are the same, Matthew. Mark and Luke. You'll find this very same story in a little different context perhaps with a few different changes, but it was a key one to explain how does Jesus teach? Why does he teach this way? It's sometimes called the parable about parables. If you want to understand how parables work, you've got to dig into this parable, no pun intended, first dig in. So let's take a look at what this parable teaches us. You know, in this parable, there's only one character. Who is it? Who's the character in the parable? The sower, the farmer, right? The farmer is the one that's involved in this. And so we look first at this farmer and what he's doing. A typical farmer who goes out with seeds and is ready to plant and has in his hand all that life potential thing, ready to sow it out, ready to scatter it with the hopeful thing that something's going to grow from it, Right? You know, the artist Van Gogh was very captured by the idea of the sower. And he, over many years, painted over 30 drawings and paintings that talked about this theme of the sower. This is just one of them. Van Gogh loved this picture because it helped him remember the honorable work of a sower and the hopefulness that something's going to come, some good is going to come out of this hope for a good harvest you know this is not something that just happened in Jesus time where they scattered seeds this is a picture that shows a Palestinian farmer near the area of Gaza who is even in 2018 taking a handful of seed and throwing it and throwing it across the, the pasture across the ground to see what kind of things are going to grow 
How many of you have gardens at home? Vegetable gardens. We have one too. My husband, I shouldn't, it's a generic we. He does most of the work. I enjoy most of the produce. Uh, but he planted it in early May and um, sowed the seeds over several weeks. And that isn't the end of the story, right? He sowed the seeds for a purpose. And we're eating some of the good things from that garden even now. Jesus does the same thing in this story. There's one figure, it's the farmer. But what he's really concerned about is, what happens with that seed? So that's what we're going to pay attention to. What happens with the seed? What kind of harvest is there going to be because of the sower going out and sowing seeds? So today, we're going to look at two of these soil samples, number one and number two, that Pastor Nancy talked about. Looking at a little bit of soil condition. The first one along the path and the second one on the rocky soil. Remember, just one farmer, one kind of seed. But the first part he talks about in this story, Jesus says, some of it fell along the pathway. Where people were walking by, where it was really packed down. And you know, if a pathway that gets um, lots and lots of traffic... It's pretty hard pack, isn't it? There isn't a lot of looseness for a seed to actually grab on. And so in the story, the seed is sown there and it lands there, but nothing happens. And so the birds come in and they say, That's a, that looks good, I'm going to eat it. And they swoop down in and pick up the seed. Much like you, know, you think of seagulls coming in to get a piece of bread. Something good to eat, I'm going to go after it. So that's the first picture Jesus gives us. Hard soil on the pathway. The second one, same farmer, same kinds of seed, but this time it falls on something that looks kind of promising. But it's rock-filled. It's shallow soil. From up above, it might look like this would be a great place for the seed to take root. This is a great place for seed to grow. But just below the surface, and maybe you have this in parts of your yard and garden too, there's bedrock, there's rock there, and no matter how hard you dig, it's going to hit rock. And Jesus said in this story too, the same thing. Seed fell on that rocky soil, and it, it started to grow because there was good dirt on the top. In fact, probably really warm dirt because from underneath that, that rock had made the soil warm. And so the seeds sprout up, and it looks like wonderful growth. Good, we're going to get a harvest. And yet there's no room for any roots to go down deep. And so when the sun comes out and it scorches and things don't look so good for that plant, it shrivels up and it dies. Two of the soils where Jesus is talking about what it looks like to receive the kingdom. You know, even if you're just hearing the story part, I hope it starts to make you wonder, what is Jesus telling us in this story? What does he want us to see about these soils and seeds? Well, this is one of the only parables, well, actually one of two parables that Jesus told where he actually answered that for his disciples. Not to the whole crowd, Remember, as we read this gospel, uh, the passage this morning, he was teaching a whole big group, and there were so many people he had to get in a boat, and he was sitting out teaching a whole bunch of people. But later on, his disciples said, why are you teaching parables? I, I don't get it. 
They went to seek more. And so Jesus gives them the answer. He explains what's going on in this parable. And we're going to look at it today too. Because Jesus has said to us, Blessed are your ears that hear and eyes that see. And he says this to his disciples. You're going to be blessed because you're seeking to understand this more. Let's unpack it just a little bit. And I want to start it with the whole idea of how is your hearing? How is our hearing today? Let's look at it quick. The condition of our heart, the condition of our hearing. Seeds on the pathway. Hard hearts, unable to sink in deep. Nothing happens. No spark of growth even begins. It's not too hard to understand what this means. Have you ever heard of somebody described as having a hard heart? A hard heart? You can't, you could speak to them, they might hear it, but nothing sinks in, nothing grabs on. Perhaps the ear canal took in the message, perhaps the seed was ready to spark growth, but it never germinated. There was no dirt to supply that. I think as we look at these parables and look at the meaning of them, we have to think of a couple of things. One is, it's not just this group of people, they're the hard-hearted ones. This group of people, they're the rocky ones. This group of people, whatever. There is some truth to that because we know that in Jesus' ministry, when he taught, there were some people who said, no, I'm not going to listen. There were some who started and then shriveled. We know that's the example. But I want us to think about not just a group of people, but our own hearts. Are there parts of soil in the garden of your own heart that need to be examined? So maybe this hard heart is the one that says, I know this. I know enough already. I don't need more soil to, uh, more seed to be sown in my, um, like a well-worn path. This busy thoroughfare, things get so full and so hectic that there's no room for the seed to even take root. People caught up in their physical life, all the things they have to do, all the schedules they have to keep, that they neglect their heart. And it gets hard and it gets calloused and it can't even receive the seed that's sown. Maybe people with hard hearts, maybe our own hard hearts, or when our defenses are so high that we think, I got this, and we're not open to something that's coming. We don't even want to understand because we think we've already got it handled. A hard heart. Hard of hearing. Not hard of hearing like you just need a hearing aid, but hard of hearing that you need some heart work so that you receive something more. Jesus is saying, when that happens, it's so very, very easy for the evil one, the the devil, to come along and swoop it up and take that away. And there's no fruit from the message of the kingdom. Hard of hearing. Seeds on the path. Seeds that are sown in shallow ground or under that rock, on that rocky soil, Kind of like people with selective hearing. And maybe you've heard this term used. Um, you know, if you're married or something, we always talk about selective hearing. You only hear what you want to hear, right? <laughs> Does that happen in your household at all? Never, never. Um, but selective hearing is listening to the parts that we want to hear, that sound good to us, 
and ignoring or forgetting about the other parts. Jesus describes these people, this place of selective hearing, as seed that sprouts up. It's received with joy. This is great. I love the message of the kingdom. This is good news. I want to be about this kingdom of God. And yet then when trouble comes, persecution, especially as Jesus said, if you read that passage, persecution because of the word, because you've decided to follow the kingdom of God, when you're persecuted and something goes bad and you think, it isn't worth it. The sun comes up, the plant shrivels, and there's no harvest at all. Because there's no root system. Nothing that's gone down deep to hold you in the truths of God and the reality of his kingdom. The message, Eugene Peterson's um, writing on this says it this way, in the explanation of the rocky soil. This is the person who hears and instantly responds with enthusiasm. But there's no soil of character. And so when the emotions wear off and some difficulty arrives, there's nothing to show for it. Selective hearing, hearing what we want to hear. It happens to all of us, doesn't it? Sometimes we want to grab onto the promises of God. Sometimes we just want to say, I want that abundant life. And we don't hear the whole message of the gospel. In fact, we don't even listen to it. We don't let it grow in. And so our faith is simplistic and shallow. Wow. Shallow faith. Jesus is encouraging us to think differently about how we receive the kingdom. Now, I don't get to tell the second part of the story, but you already know what it is. There is a good soil, right? It's coming next week, so come and find out about that. I'm going to help, help us sit in the hard part today. Being hard of hearing and selective hearing. And I want the Spirit to stir in us as we think about what this says. So how's your hearing today? How's your hearing? Jesus said it this way. Let those who have ears really hear. You notice in the story, every soil heard something. The seed, which is the word of God, was sown everywhere. The hearing was extensive. The sowing was wide. But not all really heard. Not all really accepted it. Some had ears closed off to God. Hard, hard, hard. Some had selective hearing and only grabbed on with joy to what they wanted to see and never put down deep roots. You know, in every one of Jesus' parables, he's t- and especially in this one, he's talking about a kingdom of the word. I've heard it said, and some quote this as uh, Teresa, as, uh, Saint Teresa, whatever, yes, Mother Teresa. You know, if, um, if you need to use words, you know, you don't need to use words with the gospel. Okay, come on, help me with that. I just lost it. If, um, if, if necessary, use words. In other words, live out the gospel. If necessary, use words. And I would say it's necessary to use words. Jesus used words. It's a word of the kingdom. And it's not only words. Jesus lived out the kingdom in what he did, didn't he? It was what he said and how he lived. But words are important because that's how Jesus said the message comes. Without hearing, without the gospel, 
there's no place, there's no time for the roots to go, the seed to germinate and come into our hearts. So remember, it's, it's a thing about hearing. It's a thing about words. It's not just watching. But hearing's not a passive thing. It's not simply taking it in, listening, and you know, putting down your notes on your message notes, doing your Bible study, filling in all the answers, having the right answer in Cairo's kids to every question that Pastor Nancy asks. It's the start. But it's more than that. We want to have roots that go down deep into this word, into the good news of the kingdom of God. And so we can recognize all of these soils in our own hearts. The hard one that sits here where seeds can't get in. The rocky one where we're kind of selective in what we want to listen to. And next week, the thorny ones. And then the good soil. In the scope of the garden of your heart and my heart, are all these soils. And Jesus says, I want the word to be fruitful in you. I want it to grow. I want you to live into the life I intended. But we get worn down. We get indifferent. We get busy. And the path that the seed falls on is hard. And we have an initial burst of enthusiasm and we're all in and then something comes along to challenge us and we say, is it really worth it? What's the point of putting down deep roots? It's hard. It's hard to do. Roots take a long time to establish, don't they? So when Jesus asks us this today, are you hard of hearing? He's asking, what's the condition of your heart, of my heart? Hard, hard, selective, or ready to be changed so that we receive that word in fullness. Now, I can't end this sermon without really making clear that this isn't about fix up the soil of your heart. It really isn't. Because we can't do this on our own. And the good news, even as I prayed at the beginning of the sermon, the good news is that the Spirit wants to do this in your heart and my heart. The spirit, like the farmer who goes in and plows, wants to loosen up the soil, wants to get past that hard, hard pathway, that rocky soil, and do a work so that we're ready to receive. We can't change it simply on our own. We can't just decide, I'm going to be good soil now. From now on, I'm going to be good soil. But we can take steps to allow the Spirit to quicken our hearing and our receiving of the kingdom news. And then we'll hear the good news next week where plants sprout up and they're not shriveled or choked, but they expand in wonderful ways. This is God's desire for us in the sowing of the word. This is God's heart for us. Klein Snodgrass says it this way in his book on parables. He says, to be a disciple in the kingdom means hearing and remaining focused on the message of the kingdom in such a way that one is defined by it. Are you defined by the kingdom? Are the seeds of the good news of the kingdom so deep in your heart that you can say, I'm a kingdom person and I'm putting roots down even deeper? 
Because I want to be about this kingdom message that Jesus was showing and continues to show us today. Jesus says it this way. Whoever has ears, let him hear. Whoever has ears, let her hear. May the Spirit do that in our hearts today so we're no longer hard-hearted or shallow in our listening, but ready to receive God's Word. When today, as we gather in community worship, we come as well to a place where Jesus shows most clearly the story of who he is, and that's at the communion table. We recognize we come with a mixed bag in our hearts. And so before we come to this communion table, I'm going to invite you to pray a prayer of confession with me. It's going to be simple. I'll lead you in it. And then I'll pause and at one point ask you to just repeat, forgive us, O God. Let's try that together. Forgive us, O God. And may the words that you speak reflect a heart of humility as you listen to God. I invite you to stand as we pray this prayer together. The words won't be on the screen. You will remember them. Forgive us, O God. Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you. We thank you for the gifts you offer us at this table. Good food from good seed. A gift that comes because you gave yourself first so that we could have life. And we pray now in confession as we prepare to come and receive. Hear our prayers, O Lord. For hard hearts that resist your good news, together we say, forgive us, O God. For settling for a shallow and easy faith, forgive us, O God. For living in obedience only when it's convenient, forgive us, O God. For being so immersed, entangled in our own lives that we never put down roots, forgive us, O God. We receive again, Lord, the grace of your forgiveness and then you are welcome to this table. What a wonder it is that the good news of the kingdom comes to us again, something we can taste and take in. May we receive it with gratitude in the name of Jesus. Amen.